Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome, everybody. I am excited to be talking with Sarah Treadway today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Awesome. So let's just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and then what you do. Sure. Great. So Sarah Treadway, and I am the president and co-CEO of Stout Street Hospitality. We are a boutique hotel developer. We have hotels in um, the Midwest and Texas. We're based here in Denver, Colorado, my hometown. My co-CEO is my brother and my business partner and my best friend. We've been doing this together for almost 20 years. Um, Our great-grandfather started our family business. It was the construction business in Iowa where we were both born. Our father took it over in the early 80s and decided to move the construction business to Denver where he then, um, it was the 80s and things were tough in Denver. So he pivoted and turned his construction business into a hotel business. So although I've done a lot of construction, I'm technically in the hotel business now. And for the last couple of years, that's been very difficult business to be in post pan, or I guess we're still in the pandemic. Um, So we've, we've certainly learned a lot and made some changes. And I feel very thankful that my brother and I, along with our CFO have, um, have come across the other side. Many of our colleagues have not been so fortunate. So I, I feel very lucky and blessed that that we have the team behind us that we have and have been able to, uh, we're going to be able to get to the other side of this. Cool. That's awesome. So this is like a family legacy, a couple generations in the making. It is. Well, it is. We'll see if, we'll see if one of my four kids or one of my brother's kids wants to keep it going. Um, but my oldest is only seven, so there's no pressure there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give them a little bit of time. <laughs> a little bit of time. Give them a little time. First nice. grade first. Yeah. Start with that. <laughs> so you, your best friends and work with your brother. That's cool. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I know, um, I've ran a business with my wife before I don't run my current business, with my wife, but I know that there's like these different layers of, of things when it's like family involved and managing all that. So Talk to me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Family dynamic businesses are the best kinds of businesses, in my opinion, but we have our own special dynamics. There are no vacation days. You, you know, it's business at Thanksgiving. It's business at Christmas and non-family members who, um, I'm sorry, non-family members who do not work in the business are still a part of the business. They're still at Thanksgiving dinner. They still have opinions. Uh, my brother, Eric, who's my business partner, he and I have another brother, Alex, um, and he does not work with us. He's certainly a part of the family business. Um, and then we were both married. And so our spouses are a part of that as well, because when it's everything you do, uh, it, 
tends to bleed into breakfast and weekends and family vacations. Um, so we do, we, we went to the same university. He's a couple of years older than I am, but I followed him out to Bucknell University. And then after college, I followed him to New York City where we both got jobs. And a few years later, ended up both coming back and working for our father. We both now live here in Denver, Colorado, where we're based. And our family, we're raising our families about a mile from each other and just a few miles from our downtown headquarters at the Magnolia Hotel in downtown Denver. So oh, that's fun. it's, yeah, it's very, uh, it's, it's close-knit quarters. I'd say my husband may say that it, it's nice sometimes to go on vacations without the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So in, so you obviously, like you mentioned earlier, you've been fortunate and kind of, you know, have been, come out the other side through the pandemic. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what makes your, your company special and like why you think you guys are able to, to make it through when others did not. Yeah, well, it's a great question, David. And this isn't to say that my counterparts weren't trying as hard or care as much because um, throughout the hospitality industry, there were, um, there were many casualties. Um, we, like I said, our foundation and our company started with my great grandfather. And so we had a multi-generation family business. My father pivoted and turned our company into a hotel company. The focus was always on family and the employees. And that wasn't family as the Holtz family. Holtz is my maiden name. It was family as the people who are working here are our families and their families are our families. And our whole jobs are here. I'm running this company to make sure that I'm taking care of the housekeeper's children hmm. and the front desk agent's mother. This, these are our extended family and, and that's why we're doing this. We're doing this to better their lives. 25 years ago, we started an education assistance program before many companies had ever even considered doing something that, and we expanded that education assistance program so that it's, it wasn't then and it, it isn't now just for the employee. We provide education assistance for any employee's dependent because mm -hmm. we know that our employees are trying to better their own lives, but they're really here to better the lives of their dependents, right? They they maybe not don't they maybe aren't interested in going to college themselves but they certainly are interested for their children and their grandchildren to go to college many of our employees are immigrants um, that that speak different languages english is their second language or they're still learning english so our company was founded on this basis of taking care of the employees first and foremost no matter what so when the pandemic hit and Eric and Kelly and I, Eric is my co-CEO, Kelly is our CFO. We were faced with this just horrible decision. And we, at the time we had around 700 employees and we no longer had the business to employ 620 of them. Um, and wow. we spent a few days making phone calls having meetings when we could in person and furloughing and laying pe people off. And throughout that process, it was the strangest sort of revolution at, at the end of it that 
I realized that not a single person was angry with us. Not a single person was mad. No one, no one yelled. All I received, all Eric and Kelly received in reply, these people getting laid off to most people, many people have been working for us, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. All we heard was, thank you. We appreciate you. You're our family. We're here for you when you come back. And, and that stayed true throughout the spring of 2020 and the summer of 2020. Um, after we had those huge amount of layoffs in March, then we spent the month of April hoping it was going to end quickly, right? I think we all sort of thought maybe this would just be two months. Yeah. Um, and by the end of April, when we realized it, or May, when we realized this wasn't gonna be much longer than any of us had hoped, um, I actually give all the credit for this one to my husband coming back to a family business. He looked at how much I was struggling with not being able to be with our teams across the country. And he's an executive for a large insurance company based in Maine. Um, so he said to me, well, you know what we should do? We should buy an RV. We should pack up our four children who the oldest of which was five and a half years old and our au pair from South Africa and drive around the country and visit all of your employees that you miss so much and thank them for taking care of our guests, taking care of each other and taking care of our hotels. I was like, are you serious? Can we, can we do that? Can you do that? He's this executive. And he said, well, I'm working from home anyway. We'll drive on the weekends. We'll stay at the hotels during the week. And, um, and so about three weeks later, beginning of June, June 6th, actually 2020, we did. We left on a road trip and the seven of us, the two of us, our au pair and our four kids, spent the next eight weeks uh, driving our RV around the country. And I was able to introduce all the employees that we had remaining to all of my children, which I'd never gotten to do before, of course, which was fun. And also got to sit down at the bottom, we went down to 86 employees that were running six full service hotels across the country. Mm. And I was able to enjoy breakfast, lunch, or dinner with every single employee during June and July that summer and got to talk to them about their lives and their family and thank them. And it was, I got a lot of thank you notes and things to from the trip, but it was so impactful for me and my family learning so much more. I thought I really knew most of the employees, but that experience really, um, really captured just how strong our company was and how strong the employees were. Um, so throughout that experience, you know, it's right now we're having a hard time across the country employing people in every industry. And we were fortunate enough at Stout Street that we never we had almost no turnover. Nice. We retained, we had we had our wonderful chief engineer in Houston. He decided in the fall of 2022 retire. Um, and he was one of the only employees that we that we lost throughout the whole year. Hmm. That's 
<laughs> first of all, that's such a cool story. <laughs> we had fun, David. I mean, we, if you ask my kids, like what their favorite part was, they'll tell you the pool in Houston because our beautiful, of course, has a roof. Got to be the pool, always the pool. And yep. there were practically no guests. So it was kind of like <laughs> free for all. Um, but we did some cool stuff because on the weekends we were traveling between city to city. So between Houston and New Orleans, we, uh, we stayed at a state park on the bayou uh, in Louisiana and it was Father's Day weekend. So I figured it out and had my husband take one extra day off so we didn't have to drive on Sunday. And we got to spend you know, three nights at, at this bayou. It was crazy. There were like alligators, or I think alligators, not crocodiles, right? In Louisiana, swimming up, swimming up the know. bayou, like, <laughs> feet from where we were camping and um we just we had so many cool family experiences in between and my children while we were staying in the hotels um my children would come down to the laundry with me and pull out clean laundry and I'd show them how to fold it they'd strip beds from dirty rooms and throw them down the chute um sort of anything we could do to help Mm -hmm. and ordered a lot of pizza <laughs> <laughs> nice I mean yeah that's that's like a trip they're never gonna forget I mean the older ones yeah probably younger sure ones the little maybe. ones yeah my, my twins were only two uh no like 18 they were they just turned two nice so, so traveling with two two that's <laughs> that's a good accomplishment do they how do they handle the car are they pretty good in the car pretty good in the car, pretty good in the car, okay. you know? Cool. Um, yeah. Nothing that had... Cheetos can't handle. Oh, <laughs> nice. We had drastic experiences with, for us. The, the first one, amazing in the car. Second one, awful. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's grown out of it now, but it was rough. It's tough. None of my kids sleep in the car, which is mm. really too bad. They um, And so naps always got messed up. Um, and my daughter would get carsick a lot when she was rear facing, um, mm. it turned to the week before we left. And so I, we flipped them. There's still in safety, five point harnesses, my doctor's listening, but we did flip them <laughs> around. So they were facing forward. So she didn't get carsick, which was a, like a game changer. Oh yeah, definitely. And they nice. kind of used to it. Yeah. Yeah. They just got in the groove. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, First of all, like what a cool in the midst of obviously like a really hard time, like such a, a gift and like cool of your husband to like say, hey, let's go have this adventure together and get to meet all those people. Like that's so awesome. Um, and then too, like this speaks volumes to the culture of your company, like for everything that you just explained to have happened, there's got to be some like really strong culture happening in there and so I have an idea of what I think is partly contributing to that but I'm curious like what you think contributes to that lack of turnover and like all these people staying around and people saying saying thank you as they're getting laid off like yeah. what do you think is there for that um I'm not sure I can put it into small words or make it really succinct except that we believe in people I believe in people. My father before me believed in his people. We empower people to make their own decisions. I can name, I can give you countless examples. Um, we still currently have a, a beautiful, wonderful, smart woman working for us at our Denver property. Um, 
And 17 years ago, we hired her from Red Lobster. She was a waitress. Nice. She was kind of a grouchy waitress, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, I'm not actually sure why one of our wonderful um, vice presidents years ago asked her because she's kind of a grouchy waitress, but she did. And mm-hmm. she, there was something about Danny at the time and Linda thought I'm going to offer her a job. And so Linda did offer Danny this job from the waitress at Red, at Red Lobster and um, Danny took her up on it and she was very young. She was like 19 or 20. Um, and she came over and started working at our hotel in Denver at the front desk but she was a grouchy waitress. So she was also kind of a grouchy front desk agent, you know, like it's not, it wasn't really a great fit. Right. Um, But she's an extremely hard worker and we believe in her. And she, um, we made a change and she moved into the accounting department and long story short, 17 years later, she's now the controller for our Denver property. It's one of our executive team members, like, like number two, number three in command of a 300 room, beautiful boutique hotel in downtown Denver. And um, he's a gem. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I think like what I was thinking that I think people who don't have good culture miss is the, if you, like you said, if you believe in them and, but you help them with their dream, right? right? Cause that's the, like the thing that gets overlooked is like uh, people just feel like they're a number. They don't feel like they're appreciated. They don't feel like they're building what they want to build with their life. But obviously you guys are somehow getting that across that everyone there was like important and appreciated and you're, you're helping right. them create what they want to create in their own life. Right. Which is why I mentioned we made the change from only supporting our employees education to supporting their children and their grandchildren's education, any dependent, any dependents yeah. education. Um, because we just found 15 years ago when we were analyzing it, that our education assistance program wasn't being utilized nearly as much as we wanted it to be. Mm. Um, and so when we made that change, now it gets utilized a a ton, but you know, so much of our workforce, um, are, are people who have moved here from other countries and many of them already have college and advanced degrees, but they are from Mm. other but they're from other countries. And, and so the jobs that they have working for us with, you know, English being their second or third language is what they're doing for right now. And they're here in America to better the lives of their children. Very cool. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So outside of like the, the past two years and this experience with COVID obviously has its whole set of challenges, but if you think back like longer term, like what's a, a lesson or a challenge that you learned or went through um, then you came out the other side. Um, great question. Uh, so much comes to mind from the last two years. Yeah. Um, but let me see. Uh, well, we, we, right before the pandemic, in January of 2020, we opened our beautiful hotel in Magnolia, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a couple blocks off of Canal Street on camp. So it's in the central business district, not in the French Quarter, um, which is nice if you're over 40 like I am and maybe don't need to be like right in the heart of <laughs> the chaos, but still close enough to have some fun. Um, so we, in May of 2018, we purchased that hotel 
And um, it was quite the challenging process to actually to, to get the deal done to purchase the building. The building was built in 1883. So it's um, our oldest building in our portfolio. And we bought it from Omni, which is a wonderful hotel company based out of Dallas. And they were great throughout the whole purchase and sale agreement. But when we started the purchase and sale agreement, um, we were supposed to close on the building in January of 2018. And then for reasons that I won't bore you with, it just sort of kept getting delayed and delayed and, you know, well, the elevators or this and that. And I, my brother and Kelly and I were the general partners on the deal and we have and we have a partner on that deal as well. So we had to bring them on board, plus make sure Omni was on board and sort of you know, continue to say, we really wanna buy the building, you really wanna sell it to us, but we have all these obstacles we need to overcome. And, and finally it gets to May 12th and the deal is basically blown up. Mm. And I call the general counsel for Omni I say, listen, you know, we still want to do this. And I believe that any deal can get done if both of us want to do it. Like if you still want to do it. We still want to do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, and by the way, in five days, I'm having twins. <laughs> so in, so we had like, so no more delays. We can't, yeah. you can't come up with more excuses and I can't come up with more excuses and my partners can't come up with more excuses because there's going to be like two new humans and I'm going to take care of them for at least a couple of weeks before, you know, coming back to work. Yeah. And so we, um, and so it, it was just, it was a lesson in that good partners can get deals done if everybody wants to, to get them done. Right. Um, And it doesn't matter how good your contract is. If your partner isn't a good partner, then the contract is worthless. And if you have a good partner, you probably don't need a contract. Um, And so we got the deal done and I, I speak very highly of Omni. Like that was a, it was a, it was a very good process and I'd buy another hotel from them tomorrow and our partners um, who are also from Dallas, Trigate Capital on the New Orleans deal are also great people. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. So pick the people close to you carefully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No working with jerks. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So um, this is one of my favorite questions I ask all my guests. Um, and I know you have a lot, a, a lot, you know, like you're a mom, you're a business owner, you have all these things. So you don't have to put this in the business category. It can be whatever you want, but um, what makes you feel alive? What makes me feel alive? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is cooking a fabulous dinner with my husband, with all four of our babies safely sleeping upstairs. (laughs) Nice. That is just like heaven, right? Everyone's happy and, and he's a wonderful cook and we could spend the time, time together Um, but what makes me feel alive from in my career is, uh, developing people, Mm. letting, letting the Danny 
move from Red Lobster and maybe that would have been where she stayed forever mm -hmm. to the number two person in a large luxury hotel. You know, being along the being along for the ride while other people get to live their dreams, helping out in some way to make that happen for people. That's what really makes me feel alive. You know, when I mentioned earlier that my father always felt, and I didn't understand this when I was a kid, and I don't think I fully understood it until the pandemic, but I feel um, responsible for not only all of our employees, but all of their family members as well, that mm -hmm. they get to truly feel alive. Cool. I love it. Great answer. Not that there's a wrong or answer for that <laughs> oh, at all. I'm so glad I didn't get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and also the watching the Georgia Bulldogs beat Alabama. That will make me feel <laughs> truly, truly alive. Go dogs. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so um, let's wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you would like to leave with our guests? Um. I would just say that um, no matter how dark the days, the sun does come up. Hmm. And if, if you're having some of those dark days, reach out to me. <laughs> I'm here. Thank you, David, for having me on your show. I truly appreciated getting to know you. And I thank you for, for wanting to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story. And um, so where can people get in touch with you? Where, where can they find your hotels and go stay at them? Sure, absolutely. Please come stay with us. We are in Denver, Dallas, Houston, Omaha, St. Louis, and New Orleans. Uh, all six hotels are the Magnolia Hotels. They can be found at magnoliahotels.com. And my company, which manages and develops hotels, is Stout Street Hospitality stoutstreethospitality.com. My email address is really simple. It's just Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at stoutstreethospitality.com. Cool. And stout, S-T-O-U-T? Like the beer. Yeah. Except yeah, in beer. Denver, it's a street. So stout oh. street. <laughs> <clears throat> nice. Well, in Denver, it's also a beer because it's Denver. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I've really appreciated getting to hear your story and having you come on the show today. Thanks, David. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable positive content we are regularly putting out new episodes and content so to make sure you don't miss any episodes please go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me if you'd like to know more go to my website davidweavercoach.com or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.